I think they're uh, lesson this week. I know Jamie's doing a lesson on, lesson on Job um, in the back there, but we're just going to have to suffer out here while he teaches the kids how to suffer in there. No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. The, um, he's, he's got an awesome, uh, he was, I, I go in when Jamie's doing Sunday school, I go in there and I, I like to hear about what he's going to be doing with the kids and he's got an awesome uh, time planned for them back there. So um, while they're doing that, if we can uh, stand for the reading of God's word. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Hebrews uh, chapter 3, verses Chapter 3, verse 18, and chapter 4, verse 1, chapter 9, verse 11. And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. In verse 9, I mean chapter 9, verse 11, uh, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters rest, uh, enters God's rest, also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. This is God's word. Uh, Please remain standing and join me in prayer. Father, once again, we just come before you today, Father. Uh, speak to us, Father. Allow us to have a prepared heart to receive everything that you have for us today, Lord. Father, we just pray that we, we would find this rest at your feet today as we hear from you uh, from the pulpit. In your son's name, amen. Amen. All right, thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. Just wanted to thank Joanna and Brian for um, being here uh, this morning. And um, they're from Christ Community Church. There are um, some worship leaders there in uh, Taunton. And just so glad to have you guys here with us. Thank you. We're going through uh, the book of Genesis, which is the very first book of the Bible. And just so excited to continue this this sermon series on the book of Genesis. Um, It's really incredible to consider its content as it instructs us about um, how the earth was created, who God is, who we are. Um, the origin of sin. Um, we can even identify even the origin and creation of marriage and what marriage and healthy marriage is supposed to look like and reflect. Um, this morning, um, we're going to be looking at um, the seventh day, um, which was the day of rest. Um, we're going to continue in chapter two next week and get back into some issues about um, that concern marriage. Um, but I didn't want glo- to skip over this very important subject on God's rest, because we're restless, I think, um, in America, aren't we? And we kind of take pride in that, don't we? Um, in our ambition, um, ambition has kind of come a, become a virtue in our culture. So we work hard, we create, uh, we reform, we rethink, we revise, we work, and we rehearse things over and over again until we're excellent. Right? We're all just kind of enamored by um, the, the practice of 
certain excellent athletes or musicians um, and, and to watch their skill. Um, so we're a restless bunch. There's a lot of money to be made out there, right? Let's go make it. Um, there's some injustice to resist. Let's resist it. Um, there's a just war to fight. Let's fight it. You know, records to beat. I can juggle more hours in a row than you and end up in that Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, I'll rest when I'm dead, right? Like, some people are like this. If you remember in the movie Predator, Jesse the Body Ventura um, played this uh, character named Blaine, um, and he got shot, and they're in the, the heat of this battle, and he got shot in the arm, and his buddies, you're bleeding, man, you're bleeding. He goes, I ain't got time to bleed, right? <laughs> that's, what, that's kind of like the motto of American life. I, we ain't got time to bleed. Um, th- so there's a lot of driven types out there, right? Driven to win, to conquer, to succeed. Um, I overheard an elderly woman in the Warren Public Library uh, saying, if I sit down, I'll never get up, right? So that's, that's why she's like, I don't, she's all over the place. And you, if you know her, you, you see her around town. And then there are the, the other people, right, on the other side of this. Um, that all sounds like real drudgery. Good grief. Take a break, man, right? Success and excellence and all this, that's for the other guy. I just want to be on a beach, give me a drink, and I'm fine. Dip my toes in the water, that's all I need. Um, <laughs> and I think there's a lot of people that, you know, s- kind of scorn work. We're waiting our whole lives to retire. You know, we don't want to work. We're a little bit upset about the fact that we've had to work um, as long as we've had to. So work, uh, work and rest are sometimes, even in our own soul, kind of at war with each other, their intention. And yet for God, what we see about our God and the Lord is that rest and work are in perfect harmony. They're in perfect symmetry. Our God, our, our God knows how to work, and he knows how to rest. Um, he's the archetype. He's the example, um, the, the pattern to follow of a hard worker and a person at rest, of labor and play, of sweat and sleep, right? And that's our God. Remember the Sabbath day, Exodus chapter 20. It's built right into the law, a command of God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to your Lord, our God. On it you shall not do any work, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but he rested on the seventh. And today, friends, is the Lord's day. It's the Christian Sabbath day. It's the day that Jesus Christ and Scripture commands us to stop our work to rest, and to consider all that God has done. And that's why we gather this morning on Sunday. How important it is for all of us to not just take a day off of work, but to have a day off to reflect on who God is and what he's done for us. It requires trust. It requires faith that you'll be okay, that the money you're losing out on you can make on Monday, and that God is faithful, right? God has commanded us. Isn't this incredible? He's commanded us to stop, and to rest. He's told us to do this. It's actually sin and disobedience to God if we work seven days a week. If we don't stop, and we don't rest, and we don't worship. That's what the Word of God says. But friends, it's not the rest that you might think it is. It's not sleeping in 
on Sunday. It's more than simply taking a day off of work. It's so much more than that. We can be free, and I think we all know this, of all kinds of work and still not be resting. Right? We can be at home sort of panicking in our hearts, anxious in our minds. We're not doing anything, but we're anxious. We're restless, even in our rest. We can be asleep and not be resting. We can be lounging and not be resting. We can be on vacation and not be resting. The rest God calls us to once a week, and I think even daily, is a different kind of rest, and that's what I want to call us to. I want, to, I want you all to consider the fact this morning that if you're restless as a Christian, it's because you don't rest in what God has done for you every single day. Every day God has called us to meditate on his word and to rest in what he's done, to consider all of his glorious works for us. And the Bible even commands an extended day to take that day off to consider what God, not to watch more golf or to play hockey. Or, and I'm not saying you can't do that on the Lord's Day, but my, my friends, the Lord's Day, the day of rest, is so much more, for, more than that. It's a day of rest for your soul that nothing else can provide for you but the promises of God. At its heart, it's not self-centered and it's not pragmatic. It's not simply just to recharge your batteries. It's not aimless or subjective. You know, whatever gives you rest, if gardening gives you rest, and that gives, all of that is fine, and we, we can do that on a day of rest, but it's more than that. It's more than just hobbies that we entertain ourselves with to kind of ease our hearts. It's a day of stopping for the Lord, a day of being still with the Lord, a day of listening to the Lord, a day of waiting for Him our Lord. It's a day of rest. <clears throat> it's widely agreed um, by many scholars that rest in Scripture is more than simply having a break. It means completion. It means something has been accomplished. Something has been finished that we need to reflect on, that we need to think about, a work done. You see, on a natural level, on a worldly level, if we take God out of the equation, we might take a day off and consider all that's been accomplished in the week. Be thankful for what we have and what, what we've provided maybe for our family or friends. But the day of rest for a Christian is more than that. It's a day of rest to consider all that God has done for us, all that he has worked in our lives. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, whom I've quoted before, says that it means the peace of God in which the world lies. It means transfiguration, that's a transformation, that God makes us new because of Christ. It means turning our eyes wholly towards God's being, toward worshiping Him. It's the final glory of the world that gazes at its Creator. You see, the day of rest is the day of remembering where God is bringing us. God's rest, he says, at the same time, is ours. On the seventh day, God rested, and because of that, if you are in Christ on the seventh day, you will rest. See? The divine rest is God's promise to his people. His freedom is our freedom. His goodness is our goodness. It's the same day as the day of the resurrection of Christ. 
It's the day of rest, he says, the day of victory, the day of dominion, the day of completion, of transfiguration. It's the day of worship for us, the day of hope, the day looking forward to the day of final rest with God, to the rest that belongs to the people of God. Amen? Amen. You see what he's saying here? All the days of the week really have been created for this day. You see, follow the analogy here, because all of our life is the work. It's the six days, and it's leading us to a day of rest, the kingdom of God, where we will rest with Christ in his kingdom. So it's not to be slept away if we take it in our lives. We work six days a week now, and we have a day off. We're not to sleep it away. We're not to hobby it away. We need to rest and delight in what God has done for us. So I'd like to do that for a little while with you this morning. God's work has been created. We have been created, right? We have been created for the final peace, the final rest, when Christ comes and rests with us in eternity, for the day of the final resurrection to enter his rest. Isn't that fantastic? Revelation chapter 14. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from all their labor. Isn't that incredible? All that was made and all that was done in these six days was leading all to the creation of the seventh day, the day of rest. Peace with God, resting in his love, Resting in his provision, resting in his beauty, resting in his goodness, resting in his forgiveness in Christ, this is the day of rest that we enjoy, that we get to reflect on and consider what he's done. Friends, if we have restless souls, could it be because we're not resting in the promise of God? And, and rather than explain to you exactly the you know, theological workings of what the Sabbath day is and how to function in it and what to do on it, rather than go there, I simply want to reflect on you, with you, what we should be thinking about resting in on this day, the Sabbath day, the Lord's day. I want to reflect with you on what the rest of Christ means for our lives. The rest of Christ is soul peace. The rest that Christ provides for you in Christ, in his death and resurrection, is peace in your soul. Now this is incredible. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is worthy of praise, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, dwell on these things, and the God of peace will be with you. You see, the day of Christ's rest is the day of his peace, for he's with you. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The day of his rest is the day of his presence. 
He's with you, friends. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 22 through 23. You have seen me. You have, excuse me, you have seen with your own eyes all that the Lord God has done. You've seen what he's done. The Lord will do the same to all the kingdoms over there where you are going. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself, he will fight for you. Wow. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, he goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. See, the day of his rest is the day of his presence. He is with you, friends. If you are in Christ, he is with you to the ends of the earth. Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it. Think about it day and night so that you may be careful to do all written in it. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Psalm chapter 46, God is our refuge and strength in ever-present help and trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with its surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is with her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The, earth's, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Wow. He's with you. Friends, the day of his rest is the day of his presence. Because Christ died on the cross, on the seventh day we will rest in his presence. Isn't that great? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, friends, the day of his rest, the Lord's day, we are called to stop to not sleep Sunday away, but to rest in his peace, to remember his presence, but also to rest in his love. The rest of Christ is the rest of love. You know that he loves you. You know that God loves you. It's a very simple thing, but do you know it? Do you believe it? You know, I, I, I went to, a, I'm not trying to brag here, but I went to a lot of school to do, do what I'm doing, right? I learned a lot of Greek, a lot of Hebrew, a lot of theology. Some of it's really intense and it's really amazing and it really deepens your faith and it's, it's totally worthwhile. But friends, there is a simplicity to the word of God. God loves you. Wow. You don't need to know anything about Greek to know that. 
But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, I've chosen you. You descendants of Abraham, my friends, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners. I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You, in Christ, are loved. Jeremiah chapter 31. I have loved you, Israel, with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness I will draw you. I will build you up again, and you will be rebuilt Again, you will take up your timbrels and you will go out and dance and rejoice. Friends, you are loved. The day of his rest is the day of his love. Romans chapter 8, verses 32 through 39. He did not spare his son, but gave him up for us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against, God, against those whom God loves? It is, he who ju- it is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. You are not condemned. Christ Jesus died, and your condemnation died with him. He was raised to life, and it's at his right hand of God, and is also he is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? No one. Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or danger, or sword, or divorce, or death, or rejection, or job loss. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He loves you. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on. You are loved. Don't sleep Sunday away. Don't sleep your rest away. Rest in his love. The rest of Christ is the rest of his safety, number three. You are safe. You are loved but you are safe. Psalm chapter 81. I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress, you called, and I rescued you. You need to be rescued? Call him. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. You see, he cares for you. He provides for you. Remember that. The day of the Lord's rest is the day of his provision, his safety. Psalm chapter 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He rescues me. Whom will I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, not my bank account, not my marriage, not my children. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom will I be afraid? For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling place. Amen? Come on. He will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the sacred shelter of his tents and set me high on a rock. 
You see, in Christ you're safe. The day of his rest is the day of your safety, and he provides for you. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for him. 2 Kings chapter 6. Do you know this story? When the servant of the man of God, who was Elisha, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh, no! What are we going to do? What's happening, Elijah? We're going to be killed. Oh, no, my Lord. What shall we do, the servant asked. Elisha says, do not be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more, are more than those who are with them. There is more with you than out there. There is more with you than the problems you have. Do you believe that? That's the day of rests. That's what Christ accomplished at the cross. In Christ, you have more. Your your friend is greater than your foe. Do you believe that? Those who are with us are more than those who are with him. And Elisha prayed, God, open this man's eyes that he might see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, the day of his rest is the day of his provision, the day of his safety, because you are in the palm of his hand. And that's what we get to think about today. Friends, rest in that. Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Do not worry about what you will wear. Look at the lilies of the valley and the grass, what's burned tomorrow. Doesn't your heavenly Father care for you more than these? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You see, we have Jehovah, Jireh, our provider. He keeps us safe. He protects us. And on the day of his rest is the day of his protection, his safety. Mark chapter 6, Jesus said, okay, friends, get into a boat. We're going to the other side of the water. We're going to go on a little trip. And then the winds and the waves started to roar and rock the boat. And Jesus was asleep in the stern on a cushion. And his disciples awoke him, saying, Jesus, don't you care that we are perishing? We're dying. Jesus rose from his sleep. He looked at the wind and at the seas and said, Shh, enough. And the wind and the seas stopped. Why, he said, do you still not believe? And his disciples said, who is this who has power over the winds and over the seas? Friends, the day of his rest is the day of his provision. When he comes, all the problems of your life, all the anxieties of your soul, he will go, shh, and they will be no more. Because Christ has died and risen from the dead. Because you have believed in him. He will go, shh. And all your enemies will stop. Even the enemy in your own heart will stop. And he will provide for you. The day of his rest is the day of his safety. Don't sleep your rest away, friends. Remember what he's done for you. Every day, remember what he's done for you. Make holy 
the day of the Lord to remember what he's done for you. Don't work it away. Don't sleep it away. Don't baseball it away. Don't sports it away. And don't family it away. Remember what Christ has done. Do you have a troubled soul? Can you stop, friends, on the day that he's given us to rest and remember him? But it's also resting in his mercy. This rest is Christ's mercy. You know that in Christ, when you have believed and trusted in him, your sins are remembered no more. Everything that you have ever done, every sin that you have committed against God and your neighbor is forever separated from you. Remember his mercy and be restful in it. Romans chapter 8, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. He died for you. That's what this is saying. What you couldn't do, you couldn't keep the law. You're lawbreakers. But Jesus kept the law and took the curse of disobedience to the law in your place. And so he condemned sin in the flesh, in Christ, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? The righteousness of Christ rests on me. And God sees Kyle as having always made the right choice. And when you're in Christ, friends, God, through Christ, sees you as having honored all his law, all his commands, always making the right choice. He declares, he pronounces upon you his own righteousness. For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those whom he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. Isaiah chapter 43, do you know what says this in this amazing verse? I, even I, I am he who blots out your transgressions, who remembers your sins no more. Jeremiah chapter 31, he who appoints the sun to shine by day. Do you do that? Do you appoint the sun to shine by day? No, I don't either, believe it or not. He who decrees the moon and the stars to move in motion, to shine by night. I don't do that either. He who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord Almighty is his name. And you know what he says? Here's what he says. This is the covenant I, God, the Lord, will make. I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. They will all know me from the least to the greatest. And I will forgive their wickedness. And I will remember their sin no more. God must be very forgetful. Because, friends, how often I have sinned against him. Psalm chapter 103, verse 12. You know this one? As far as the east is from the west, so far has he separated our sins from us. You know, on a globe, when you go north, at some point, 
you start going south. Did you know that? There's a point. And when you go south, same thing. At some point, there's a point where you start going north. Well, did you know also on a globe, you can never stop going west, and you can never stop going east. You go west forever, and you go east forever. You see, friends, God has forever separated your sins from you in Christ. That's what he offers you on the day of his rest. Absolute, complete, final victory over sin. The work is done in Christ. And you have to labor no more. All you do is receive it. Micah chapter 7, seven isn't this fantastic? Who is a God like you? Good question. Who pardons sin and forgives transgression? You do not stay angry forever, but delight. You delight. He brings you joy to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot, and you will bury them in the deepest sea. Now, the sea is pretty deep, isn't it? There's a lot at the bottom, I would imagine. And friends, because of Christ, that's where your sins are. Rest today and every day in Christ's mercy. You are forgiven. Your guilt is gone, so don't live in it. He has made you to stand in his glorious presence because of the work of Christ. And friend, if he, he hadn't made you to do that, we would all be in the same awful condition. Don't sleep your rest away. Don't baseball it away. Don't golf it away. Don't crochet it away. I don't know. Fill in the blank. Rest in what he's done for you. Delight in his word. Remind your heart of all he's done. Practice it. Day and night, meditate on his word. Delight in it. And you will also find in his rest your esteem, your value. Shouldn't it be apparent by now how much God thinks of us? Romans chapter 8 again, what a wonderful chapter in verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, sons of God, heirs of God. The Spirit you received brought about your adoption. God the Father, the Creator of all things, adopted you. Through the death of His Son, He adopted you. And you're part of His family in which you cry out, Abba, Father... And the Spirit himself testifies with your spirit that we are God's children. Not enemies, not servants, not even friends. Sons and daughters. You're not junk. That's not junk. You're not just a janitor. You're not just a truck driver. Friend, you are a child of God. And listen, more than that, now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. You know what an heir gets? An heir gets everything that the Father gets. They get his rulership over creation. We will judge angels, the Bible says. We will stand on nothing when Christ comes back to reclaim this earth for himself and rule over it as king. We are his governors and the kingdom come. That's not junk. You don't think you're smart? Well, join the club. Neither am I. <laughs> Jesus is smart. Right? Oh, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called sons of God. 1 John chapter 3. Behold, 
what manner of love the Father has given to us that we, enemies, God-haters, idolaters, fornicators, that we should be called his sons and daughters. And such you are. Amen. Matthew chapter 17, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud came over them. And a voice from the cloud said, and this is God's announcement on you, these are my beloved children in whom I am well pleased. Imagine having a dad that says that to you. How many of us long for that because we never did? But you have the Father in heaven looking down on you in Christ saying, this is my son and I am well pleased with him. Isn't that fantastic? Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God, he is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he'll rejoice over you. Isn't that great esteem, great value? Do you know who you are in Christ? If you're not in Christ, are you crazy? Come to him. Because this is what you get. And in his rest there is full joy. Don't just come and sleep your rest away, friends. Don't golf it away. Don't crochet it away. Don't baseball it away. Don't family it away. Rest in his love. Rest in the esteem that he gives you and provides for you. Rest in his justice. Rest in Christ's full joy. Psalm chapter 16. Those who run after other gods, you know what happens? They suffer. They suffer more and more. They are in inner turmoil. They have soul anguish. Lord, you alone are my portion of my cup. You make, make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance because everything Jesus gets, I get. Everything that is his is mine. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You see, the day of his rest is us keeping our eyes on the Lord. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will rest secure because you will not abandon me. He will not abandon you, friend. He makes known to us the path of life and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You see, we think there are pleasures at the right hand of sex, pleasures at the right hand of money, Pleasures at the right hand of marriage, of children. But friends, at his right hand, there is your pleasure. There is your soul satisfaction. Jeremiah chapter 23, the young men will dance and be glad. Young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning to gladness. And I will give them comfort instead of sorrow. You see, that's the promise of the day of rest. He turns our wailing into dancing. He removes our sackcloth and clothes us with joy. That's the day of rest, friends. Don't you want it? Don't you want that? And it's life, too. That's life. That's the life you're looking for. That's the life you've always wanted and never found because you're looking in the wrong place. Matthew chapter 11 the rest, this rest, is Christ's rest. 
Come to me, all who are weary and burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 25. I will refresh the weary. I will satisfy the faint. He gives you life. Isaiah chapter 55. Come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. Watch this. Come, get your life from the water. And you have, who have no money, that's okay. Come and drink anyway. Because this water of life is free. It's without cost. You don't have to dance for it. You don't have to perform for it. You don't have to work for it. Jesus Christ worked for it. You simply have to drink it. Would you drink it? Would you get your life? Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy? That's a good question, right? How's that working out for you? We work and we toil to satisfy an unrested soul, and it never comes. The rest that we seek never comes. So why spend, it says in Isaiah, why spend our money on what is not bread and our labor on what doesn't satisfy? Give ear, come to me, listen so that you might live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. Come to him, get the life. In him, Jesus said, uh, it says in the Gospel of John, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. You see, friends, the day of Christ's rest, that seventh day, is the day of your life. Come and get it. Revelation chapter 22, Then an angel showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life. And the leaves of the tree are the healing of the nations. No longer is there any curse. No death. No sickness. No rebellion against God. Only happy, joyful fellowship with our Maker. That's life. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. We'll be there. They will see his face, and his name will be on it. Imagine this. You will see his face, face to face. Remember Moses in the Old Testament? Moses spoke to God face to face as a friend. Well, the Bible promises us the same if we're in Christ. This is the day of rest for us. We are not slaves, but friends, we will see him face to face, his name on our foreheads. There will be no more nights. They will, they, they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And they will, they will reign forever and ever. Look, Jesus says, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the ending. Blessed are those who washed, happy are those who washed their robes, that they might have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates of the city. 
Jesus said, I am the root, I am the offspring of David, I am the bright morning star, and which one of you desires life, I invite to come and drink from the water of life without cost. Revelation chapter 22. Come get it and leave your purse at home. Leave your wallets there because Jesus paid for it. He paid for it for you. You want life? That's life. It's the applause and affirmation of the Father. It's the forgiveness he provides in Christ. It's the end of suffering and war. That's our next rest in Christ. It's justice. This rest is Christ's justice. You know, it says, remember Psalm 23, he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies because he ends enmity. Psalm 46, come see what the Lord has done. The desolation he's brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and the spear. He burns the shields with fire. You see, because he is just and he is coming and he ends it. He says, shh, be still and know that I'm God because I will be exalted in the nations and in the earth. The Lord Almighty, he's with us. He's our fortress. The day of rest is the end of evil. Isaiah chapter 41, all who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes you by the right hand. Do not fear. I will help you. In those last days, it says in Isaiah chapter 2, the mountains of the Lord's temple will be established. And the nations will stream to it. The law will go out from Zion. The Lord Almighty, the word of, of, the, word of the Lord will go out from Jerusalem. He will judge between nations. He will, dis, he will settle disputes. They will beat their swords into plowshares. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. You see, friends, the day of his rest is the, day, is the end of sin. It's the end of evil. It's the end of murder and war and fighting and injustice. So friends, don't, don't sleep your rest away today. Rest in the justice he provides. Rest in the power he gives. Rest in his victory. Because you know this all has to mean that the Lord is the victorious one. And today we rest and remember that he is the champion. He is the one that wins the battle. And he will win indeed. You remember a little David, right? You know him. I'm going to go beat the giant. And what did Saul say? You're not able to go out against that Philistine and fight him. You're just a young man. You're puny. Look at you. And he's, look how big he is. He's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your, your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncir Listen to this. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. <laughs> Because he has defied, here's why he'll be like one of them. Not because of puny David. Not because I killed a bear and a lion. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the lion and the bear, he will rescue me from this Philistine. Friend, because in Christ there is victory and you'll be rescued. You come to Christ, every enemy, no matter how big or small, you will be taken from. 
and you'll be given a new name, and you'll reign forever with Jesus. David said to this Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the the Lord Almighty, the God of heaven's armies whom you've defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. What? Come on! I'm crying when the church is half full. I, I will cut off your head, you uncertain. You, you want to know why? Because in the Lord, we are given the victory. We are promised victory. He has conquered sin and death at the cross, resurrected from it, and he brings us with him to glory. And he wins. Amen? Come on. John chapter 16, I told you these things, so that in you, you might have peace in your hearts. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. They will wage war against the Lamb, Revelation chapter 17. But the Lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. That's us. He wins. Revelation chapter 19. You know what John sees? Heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. Take a guess who this is. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a burning fire. And on his head are many crowns. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, and coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword, which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, He has this name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He wins. We win. You win. And it's not because of you. We got some big strong men in this room today. It's not because of your tough arms. He wins because of his sin, because of his death and resurrection. Because he obeyed all of the law when we could obey none of it. He wins. And when he wins, you know what happens? We get a home. His rest, his rest is our home. Luke chapter 15. The son said to him, you know this story, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. This is the prodigal son. He says, Dad, I'm out of here. Give me my money. I'm going to go have lots of fun, sinful fun, right? I'm out of here. Give me all my money. He says, oh, this is not a good idea. What, What have I done? He goes back to his dad. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is now alive. He's lost and now he's found. He's home. And friends, that's you in Christ. We deserve not to be his son. 
we only should be his enemy, but when we come to him in faith, he dresses us, he clothes us, he kills the fattened calf, and he gives us everything that he has. That's his mercy. We're home, Revelation chapter 7. These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? Who is this army of God that we just talked about, right? These are they who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God day and night. Friends, if you've had your robes washed with the blood of Christ, your sins forgiven, in other words, you are in the presence of God's home, God's presence in his home day and night. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them in his presence. Never again will they hunger or thirst. The sun will not beat on them or scorch them. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Your home. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Remember this? Jesus said this. Believe in God Believe also in me, for in my Father's house there are many places. And if I go there to prepare this place for you, will I not come again and receive you unto myself? You see, the day of his rest is the day of home. You're home. You're at the banquet. You're at the party. You've returned. And he has made you to be with him. So friends, don't sleep your rest away today. Don't baseball it away. Don't basketball it away. Rest in what he's done for you. Let your soul hear, heal by meditating on the word day and night. And finally, and probably most importantly, this rest is Christ glorified. This rest, this day, after the sixth day, the, the rest awaiting us in eternity to come is the glory of Jesus Christ. Zechariah chapter 16, Then the Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. The Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, there will be one Lord, and his name, the only name. Not my name, not yours. His. Therefore God highly exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee will bow and every tongue confess on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The day of his rest is the day of Christ's glory he will be glorified. Every mouth will be stopped and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. Here's this end of time kind of picture. All of this kind of weird stuff happening in Revelation. And here's what these angels in heaven are singing. You are worthy to take the scroll, Jesus Christ, and open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God people from every nation and tongue and language. 
You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth with you. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Worthy is the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. You see, the day of his rest is the day of his glory. Then I heard a, every creature, every creature, big and small, in heaven and earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that is in them, all creation, with one voice, singing to him who sits on the throne, and unto the Lamb, to pray, be praised, and honor, and glory, forever and ever. Amen. The day of rest is the day of his glory. Friends, don't sleep your rest away. Don't waste it on baseball. There's a better rest. Hebrews invites us to enter into it. Enter into that rest. Spend some time today and every day entering into his rest. On the seventh day he rested, and he bids us to enter his rest. Keep it holy. Take a day off, not just to not work, but to rest. Amen? Let's pray.